All right. Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I'm joined this evening by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Drinking a dark roast coffee, Jeffrey. Ready to talk about our one of our favorite topics, one of your favorite bands. One of my favorite bands. This is my favorite band. When we started this show, uh, and it seems like we started this show, I think, almost four years ago. Over four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Over four years ago. Uh, one of the episodes I had in mind and something I always wanted to do is what we're doing today. And I don't know why it took us this long to get to this. You know, usually we're a very uh, heavily guest-driven uh, show. But the last couple of episodes, there's just been so much to talk about. Yeah, and, really? you know, I, I think it, we, we put the guests a little bit on the back burner. And we're, we're going to start talking about uh, like these bands and things that are in the news. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, like, I've, like I said, I've wanted to do this episode since we started. And what we're doing is a top five Iron Maiden list. And out of all the top fives of any band that we've done, to me, this is easily the, easy, not the easiest, the hardest one. To come up with the number one, no problem. I have no problem. I had no problem with that. To come up with number five, number four, um, and songs I had to cut that I cannot believe that I cut these songs that they're not on my list is insane. But it just goes to show you the depth of this band. And you see, I had the exact opposite problem because I I do love Iron Maiden, but I do not go anywhere near as deep as you do. I'm more of the radio hit uh, concert. Uh, set list kind of uh, selection. So for me, came very very quick. Okay, I only so, left off one or two like that. I, you know, it was like two other songs I easily would have put into a top five. I mean, we can always mention them too. So we could, and when we do our listeners lists, and we have a lot of them, this is the most we've ever got. Uh, we'll see. I, and the listeners have gone really deep. I'm very, I'm, I, I'm very. Curious, you know, not curious, but I'm more like impressed by like how deep our listeners go with Maiden. So this is gonna be a Jeff episode by far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just step back, read off my my five picks, and I'm gonna let you just take over the rest of the episode, Jeffrey. Well, I'll start a little bit like for people who are maybe like the peripheral uh Iron Maiden fans, not really like they know them from the hits, but don't really know who Iron Maiden is. So Maiden starts out in the 70s and they're a very, very different band. You know, I think most people know Iron Maiden from like their classic lineup. Steve Harris, Dave Murray, Adrian Smith, Bruce Dickinson, Nico McBrain, and you know, currently Janica uh, Juris. Okay, but they, they've had other notable guys in the band like Blaze Bailey, Clive Burr, Paul Diano. But when Maiden starts out, the first singer was Paul Day. Okay, then they, he's replaced by Dennis Wilcock. And the reason why I bring up Dennis Wilcock is he brings a very, very valuable member to the band, and that's going to be Dave Murray. Okay, who is the guitar player with the blonde hair and He's the he's like the guy in Maiden, besides Steve Harris, who's who's clearly the leader of the band. Maiden starts to take off in about 77, 78, uh, with Paul Diano. And they're a very, very different band than they are now. They are more of kind of like a kind of like a hard punk rock band. 
Deano's voice is different than Bruce Dickinson's, extremely different. You know, Deano had that raspy voice. Um, and with him, they put out two really good albums. You know, the, the title, the debut album, Iron Maiden, and Killers, which is two, uh, you know, especially Killers, I think it was a great, great record. Um, but what happens with, and on Killers, I mean, just a couple of the songs, you know, that people may know is like, Wrathchild, Murderers in the Room Morgue. I mean, these are great, great tunes. Okay. Running free. What's that? Running free. That's not on uh that's not a pull the animal song. See, I told you you're carrying this. <laughs> just just sit there and look pretty. Okay. I do that well. <laughs> okay. Uh Deanna winds up getting fired from the band because he has a tremendous drug problem. You know, he, he, he's doing a lot of coke. And Steve Harris is focused on making this band. He is He's the leader. He's the principal songwriter. And there's going to be nothing that's determined them from making it. So who enters is Bruce Dickinson. Who is Bruce Dickinson? He was the singer of a band called Samson, who was a big band in uh, England, but never had American success. Uh, when he enters the band in 80, ooh, I think it's eight, was it 81? I have this written down. Uh, yes, yeah, 82. When he, he, he's in the band in 82, they come out with the album. In, uh, uh, he enters the band in 81. They come out with the album in 82, Number of the Beast, and they explode. A year later, uh, they come, they uh, 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 introduce Nico McBrain to the band. He takes over for Clive Burr. And now you have the classic Iron Maiden lineup. Um, Maiden is just the rest of the 80s into the early 90s is dominating the metal scene. I would say Maiden, along with Judas Priest, are the two biggest acts out there in this type of music. Um, in, 80, in 93, though, Dickinson decides to leave. He's going to try a solo career, and he's replaced by Bay's uh, Blaze Bailey, who kind of is, is um, met with mixed reviews. I mean, this is like re replacing Freddie Mercury and Queen. I mean, th Dickinson is the voice of of Maiden. He propelled him to a different level. Um, six years later, ninety nine, uh, Bruce comes back. He comes back with Adrian Smith, who left with them to uh, to, to do this solo projects. Um, they they come out with an album. It is it's great. We'll get into that when we do our, our top uh, list. Um, who is Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden is a band that gets very little uh, support from radio. Um, they're not a big video band, but they sell out tours. They sell out, sell out. No matter where you go, you know they are huge in South America. They are huge in Europe. They're big in the United States. This isn't a band that winds up playing. Uh, 8,000 seat arenas. They're playing 20,000 seat arenas with the support of fans. I would say, aside from Rush, I don't know if there's another fan base that is as deep and as loyal as the Iron Maiden fans. Um, Slayer. Here, who would you say? Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, there's not as many of them, though. But, they're, but they're there. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Sean Morton, but Iron Maiden has won a Grammy. Yes. In, in in 2011, they win Best Metal for, uh, Performance. Um, they have been notoriously snubbed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay? Yes, you never mentioned that on fucking four years of this podcast. Well, we'll keep yeah. mentioning it until they actually get in. 
Okay. Um, I agree, though. I, I do agree they, they absolutely should be in. And I'm glad you mentioned Judas Priest, because I would be honest and, and say that if you had to pick your Mount Rushmore of heavy metal, I think it's a very, very easy Mount Rushmore to pick. You go Sabbath, Metallica, Priest, and Maiden. And I think that's a perfect, a perfect Mount Rushmore for heavy metal. Name it again. Sabbath. Sabbath. Metallica. Metallica. Priest. Priest. And Maiden. Three of those bands played at Power Trip. See? Yep. I was going to say, that that's pretty good. So if you were a metal fan, that's what you want to say. And they almost had Sabbath with Ozzy, who was supposed to play it. I didn't know that. Yes, who backed out. And that's how Priest got the spot. Um, all right. So let's start with our top five. Uh, we'll alternate like we usually do. And then we'll go to the listeners' uh, lists, okay? And um, you know what, Sean? I'll let you kick things off. So again, I told you before, like I, I am a fan. I'm a casual fan. I really didn't go too deep into Maiden until I was probably in like my early 20s, maybe. You know, I knew the radio hits from, you know, having like the stations like Z-Rock uh, in this area that were or, or 89.5, which were the great metal stations around here. I um, Z-Rock. Z-Rock, 14, it was 1480 AM. It was a good channel. It's a good channel, but I think uh, with number five, I tend to go with the more melodic stuff of Maiden. So my number five is Can I Play With Madness? That's not a bad one, uh, Can I Play With Madness? See, that's the thing about Maiden too, and that I, that I should have uh, said at the uh, opening of the show. And I actually want you to do this. I want you to, because uh, I'm not going to go too deep on the songs, I want you to dissect my picks. Can I play with Madness is kind of like their pop, their, their version of a pop song. Yes. One thing, one thing with Maiden and ACDC, you know what you're getting, and you're not getting a ballad. Okay, um, with what makes Maiden different than I than uh, ACDC is that you you may wind up getting you know a 14 minute uh, uh, soliloquy or, or 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 instrumental like you know Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Okay, um, but can I play with Madness? Didn't make my top five, probably wouldn't make my top 20. Okay, but it, it, it is a song that they would do in concert. Uh, for me, number five, see what I wanted to do here. I looked at the three decades that Iron Maiden basically dominated the 80s, the 90s, and the early uh 2000s. So I tried to pick a couple uh from each. I mean, you can't pick a couple from each because it's three decades and five uh choices here. So I went with the 2000 um song and title uh record, um, Brave New World. Um, it is loosely based on uh the novel of the same name. Um, it has one of those big sing-along choruses um in concert. I mean, it's a great great uh concert song um it has that trademark iron maiden gallop but now it's in the it's uh 2000 and it's really perfected uh i think it's a very very underrated song and it was i had it between this and wicker man which was on the same album but yeah. i but i i wound up going with brave new world only because of that chorus that chorus is great and you even when you're listening to the uh recorded version of it you could picture in your mind the whole crowd with the oh you know that is really really good 
Wicker Man was my honorable mention, by the way. It's a great song. It's I a great, absolutely love that song. If every pick, except for my number one, and I, I could have either flip flop my two and three, and everything else, I could have picked something else. So, what what would you say is your number uh, four? That's very interesting that you said that because I can easily flip flop my two and three as well. I don't have preference of those two, so I just I wouldn't I, be surprised if we overlap once we get higher. Eight. Eight. Um, <laughs> I went with two minutes to midnight for number great, four. great, great song. I cannot believe I left this off my list. However, wow, All it's right. a it's a great song. It's a great I also song. Have a great memory about that because we used to hang with a group of metalheads, and my one friend's watch would always beep, and we always thought it was just you know for some reason at a long at midnight. He goes, no, 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 look at the time. It was 11.58. It was two minutes to midnight. Yeah, you go. set to. Always in memory. You've seen Maiden in concert, right? Yes, a couple yeah. times. Yeah, it, it, it's, a gr- it's a great song. It's a great, great concert song. It has, again, I, I think one of the common things, like, like with Iron Maiden, is their bass player. He's Steve he's, Harris is one of the greatest bass players of all time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a signature bass player. Like yeah. when you hear the music, you know, you know who it is. Uh they don't sound like anybody else, at least in my opinion, they don't sound like anybody else. And Steve Harris's playing doesn't sound like anybody else. And in two minutes to midnight, when you start to get to that crescendo and it builds and then pops out, out again. Oh my God. It's such a good song. Uh that was a really, really tough one for me to leave off the list. Um number four was I I picked a song off of Peace of Mind, the 83 album, Peace of Mind, and there were two songs. There were two songs I was going with. The song I did not pick was Flight of Icarus, which is a great song. It was probably the, one of the first big Iron Maiden songs that, got, that really got me. Um, when I remember when the album came out, this was, that was the single, and I just fell in love. I must have played it a, 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 over and over again on my uh, tape deck. Uh, but the song I wound up going to, because I think it's the most underrated great Maiden song, is Revelations. Solid pick. You know, it's, again, another great concert song. You know, especially that beginning, that dun, 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 dun. You know, it's just like when you're at the show, it is the, I got to say, I, listen, I've seen thousands of shows, thousands. And probably in my top five was right before the pandemic legacy of the beast tour Uh, oh my god it was the set list was phenomenal they're really still at the top of their game and they 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 did revelations and it's just like shit man you know how does how, how how are they how do people listen to this and not put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a great song. It's it's not a song that's talked about a lot because there's because there's another big hit off of the, that same album, which was The Trooper, and a which is my number three, Jeffrey. Go into it then. Go ahead. Let's talk. I about just it. think the melody of, of The Trooper is just. Uh, I've 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 hurt a lot of eardrums trying to sing that chorus. Uh, my voice does not go that high. I'm more of a low singer. When I was singing in my band, and every time I tried to go high, uh, little Peter Brady action happens. So, but yeah, it's just that's it's just an, an an anthemic song. When you if you had to take like one or two Maiden songs and put them on like a history 
of heavy metal. I think that's one of the ones that you put on that on that list. It's, it's a, a classic song. It's a very, very recognizable Maiden yeah. song. Here's the interesting thing about the Troopa. Do you know what the B-side was? No. The B-side was a phenomenal, phenomenal cover of Jethro Tull's Cross-Eyed Mary. Couldn't tell you, hate Jethro Tull. Well, I love Jethro Tull, and Cross-Eyed Mary is one of the best songs they came up with. And what, what Maiden would do is every Christmas, they would put out uh, a, a picture disc. And it would be, you know, some type of either cover or some type of rarity. And that was that was the year. Uh that was that was the the trooper B side, but that was the, the special gift, you know, the, the the trooper picture desk. And I remember having that, like, oh my God, back in back in as they would say, the day. Um my number three could have easily been my number two. I just put it down a little bit. I just I just dropped it a second. Here to number three is um off of a uh, seventh son of a seventh son, the evil that men do, taken mm. from the Shakespeare. Um uh, uh it, it's in Julius Caesar, in, in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, that is a prominent line. And the thing about Maiden, Maiden will always throw some type of history in there. Um, there, there's a, a message, there's a story, and I, when you hear the evil that men do, it is, it's a, it's a great song. It's a, it's fantastic, fantastic live song. Um, I, I love it. I mean, my, my top three are songs I could not leave off the list. The, like I said, the top three were, were easy for me. The order was a little bit difficult between two and three, but. Just, just that uh, uh, this dropped one notch below the evil that men do. Phent- phenomenal song. Again, I said my two and three can be flip flop, but number one is a solid lock. Who, for me. Well, who's your number two? My number two, another anthemic. That's my word of the night, by the way. I don't uh, have count. There are a lot of anthems on with this band. They, but they really are because they did have you know with, with, without getting MTV support, they did get like you know heavy metal radio support and word of mouth and tape trading and magazines and all this shit because they were huge all over the place but you know, you'll hear them on Sirius XM you'll hear them like on Ozzy's Boneyard you may hear them on Hair Nation but on but in um terrestrial FM radio they when did you really hear maybe there there were maybe two songs that i remember yeah well there yeah Trooper was one of them right and this one might be the other one when I'm going with Runs of the Hills. Uh, that's the other one. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going with that. Just because besides uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, that drum fill in the friggin' chorus has almost made me crash my car 37 times playing air drums to that. It is. A, it's the best part of the whole song by far. But I, again, it's one of those ones where I think that everybody, if you told them you had to name a Maiden song, and this might be the only one they would recognize if it's a casual person. Okay, no. it's, all, it's, it's all for the best Maiden album. Okay, which is number of the beast, right? Yeah. Um, for me, again, wouldn't make. I don't know if it makes my top twenty. It's fine. It's, this is this is a Jeff show. This is a gift <laughs> to you, because to me, Run to the Hills is probably um, their most their most commercial. Not right. not that they're trying to be commercial, but but most commercially recognized song. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, uh, but for me, number two was the uh the title track um fear of the dark 
Um, that almost made my list too. Yeah, yeah, written by Steve Harris. And here's the thing. It's very, very simple. He really was uh, afraid of the dark. Um, he he talks about it in the song. He talks about the paranoid uh, paranoid ideas that people get, like being watched. Like one of the lyrics is, I have a phobia that someone's always uh, there. Um, it's great. If, I don't know if, if you've ever seen them perform it, uh, what Dickinson's been doing lately. It It's very, very theatrical. It's almost very Phantom of the Opera-like. And he comes out... Uh, you know, in, in the in the overcoat and fog, and he's wearing a hat. He almost looks like you know, uh, uh, Mister Hyde, and he's holding right. the, the the light, and he he this he's singing this, and it's so good. And again, like Maiden, things start off slow, and then they build up to this great uh, crescendo, and then it has again every element of a Maiden song. The gallop is such trademark. Great, great song. Freaking love it. Fear the Dark. You know, off, off of a, a little bit of a later album for them. That came out in uh, 88. Um, but yeah, love it. What's your number one? Any ideas? I think I do. If, I, if I'm thinking what I think it is with you, can I take a guess? Sure. I think with you, it's either going to be one or two songs. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Number of the Beast. Nope. Go ahead. I could tell you the album if that would help you. Sure. You might get it right away. Somewhere yeah, in time. Ooh. Uh, wasted years. A hundred percent. Not only is this my favorite Maiden song, Jeff, I swear to Christ, if you had to give me a blank CD and put it into my computer and I had to say I have to pick 20 songs that I can only listen to for the rest of my life, Wasted Years is without a doubt on that CD. Really? How come? I just it's one of those songs that just brings back a lot of memories again of listening to um radio you know and again for me I was probably like 11 12 13 listening to this so that period of time was very influential for me for music and listening to like that 1480 or 895 this is one of those songs that constantly came on and for me I always associated Maiden with this song it, it is a great song. Uh, again, I don't know if it makes my top 20, um, but it's, it's, it's a great song. It's, I mean, people love it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's a concert staple. For me, Is my number one is not only my number one Maiden song. Can I guess? But Hold on a second. But if I was on a desert island and I could only have one song on, okay? If I had a, if I had a single, which was Kashit back in the way. I don't know if you know what a single I was. Had, I had tons of them, yeah. They, 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 they weren't, the tape wasn't heavy enough. And, yeah. it would, and, it, and it would always kind of like dangle and get loose and they would get caught up in, 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 the, in, the, in the gears that, that a single, you know, that the you know, tape deck had. It, they sucked. But if, I could, but if I had one that worked, okay? And I could only play one song for the for the for the my duration on this island. Yep. This is my this is my song. I'm going to see if I know my sweet baboo the way I think I know my sweet baboo. I, I've talked about this song. So go ahead. Phantom of the Opera. Wrong. Fuck. Not even close. All right. Go ahead. Okay. It's okay. So this song um, is considered maybe the best uh, or or at least one of the best uh, all-time heavy metal songs. Um, interestingly enough, is a major hit. Hallow, Hallow Be Thy Name. There you go. All right. Hallow Be Thy Name 
uh, off of Number of the Beats. It's the best track on the album by far. It's the final track on the album, which is kind of a weird placement. But however, they that's what Maiden does. Um, it's the story of a prisoner who, who you know, his last his last seconds, you know, he's waiting to get hung. Written by Steve Harris. Again, that bass. Um, is there anything more chilling than Dickinson's uh, voice? The the bell, that ding, ding, you know, and and, and playing. And then the, the, the scream, you know, getting low. And they start getting higher and higher. And then, and then let's out. And like that, yeah. And then it just. Oh, it's ah. lost. How, how does it go? Yeah. Okay. And then it just pops. And and you can just see uh, uh, Clyde Burb just banging the drum. Although I've seen Nico McBrain do this a million times, but I saw them on this tour. Okay. I remember, I, interesting story. I see them at the Palladium, and it's Dickinson's first tour in the United States with Maiden. I'm at the Palladium. Okay. I'm with this hot chick. Okay, and next to me is is the uh, guitar player from um, Circle of Thorns, which was AJ Perro's band that uh, back in the day. Okay, before Twisted Sister, believe it or not. Okay, um, some guy in the upper deck throws an M80 <laughs> down on on down down to the lower deck, lands on the uh, soundboard, and knocks out a channel, and the concert's delayed. Bruce Dickinson comes. This no one in America, no one in New York has seen him yet. Okay, perform you know with Maiden. He comes out on stage, tells the the crowd, you know, to stop doing it, find the guy and kill him. <laughs> this 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 is Bruce Dickinson's. You know, hello to New York City first first tour. Okay. At, at the Palladium, and then, you know, they wind up putting out Peace of Mind, Power Slave, somewhere in time, and they wind up only playing, like, you know, 20,000-seat arenas and selling shows out. But, yeah, I mean, that is my top five songs, like I said, um, songs that we didn't even discuss, which was, to me, that was, what was very hard, hard to leave off, was Two Minutes to Midnight. That was, my, that was one omission, and the other one, I think, if I had to go with a sixth, I mean, how the fuck do we not put on Aces High? See, I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not huge enough of a Maiden fan to even identify that song. Oh, it's 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 so good, it's so good. It's what they opened up uh, their tours with, and it's the it's the song that opens up with Churchill's speech, and then it you know again that dun 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 dun, and then dun. And then they they come out, they come running out, and then Dickinson's up on the on the levers, and it's just it just starts off. It has the plane going, and we've been doing this now for twenty seven minutes. And how do we fail to even mention Eddie? Eddie in all this. My dog's name is Eddie. You actually show when you talk about Iron Maiden that you really are mildly on the spectrum. Like you get really way too excited. <laughs> As a straight heterosexual male talking about a band, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it's kind of like what like uh, you know, little Fagalists talk about like Boy George and shit. You know, what well, I mean? listen, I I'll take that as a compliment, and here's the reason why. Okay, Maiden is my favorite band. Yes, um, I think 
people sometimes as they get older have a hard time finding something to be really excited about i can still put on an iron maiden album i can still put on a uh, peace of mind i can still put on um a uh, number of the beast and still get excited about this music yeah that there's certain bands that do that to you you know i i totally get this like system of a down does that for me like i i just i it brings me back to seeing them in concert and realizing like how brutally amazing they were live in concert so like that i get that i understand that and the thing is as comics we're in our cars a lot we're driving okay there are certain songs like you're driving and all of a sudden you have uh you have again you have ozzy's boneyard on or you're flipping through channels and you hear um the beginning of whom the bell tolls by metallica mm -hmm. you're turning off you're like this is a gift the next five minutes of this ride is going to be great exactly Right. That's the way I feel about, I would say, God, maybe 50 Maiden songs. And to f come up with five of them, five of them, to me, this, this was this was a, like a really impossible task. But our listeners, they have mentioned this, a lot of the same things. And so we, we, ha we do have people who listen to this and are pretty loyal. So let me start with some of our guys here. So Roy Mackey, he writes, oh, man, this is a tough one. So uh, this this one's a song I don't even really know. Uh, Passchendaele, do you know this song? No, Fuck, I know. Oh. Okay, uh, he picked uh, Alexander the Great as number four, Aces High, number three, Hallow Be Thy Name, number two, and the Trooper number one. Um, your boy Johnny Benson, yes. Um, Tail Gunner number one. It's a good song, underrated. The evil that men do. Can I play with madness? That's another very good song. That's my number five. Can I play? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yes. you, and John, you and Johnny uh, Benson. Uh, Infinite Dream Done. What was your number one? Wasted Years. That's Johnny Benson's number one, too. Hey, this is why me and Johnny get along as well as we do. Hey, this is why me and Johnny Benson get along. Um, Dave Nidal, who is, let me tell you something. I got, he sent me a text to talk about how much he liked the uh, Hall of Fame episode that we did uh, last week. Oh, yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah, I, I should send you uh, th that text. I'll, I'll show you a screenshot of it. Uh, he had some really nice things to say about the podcast. So this is what he writes. He writes, I've been waiting for this podcast, LOL. Okay, I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Um, number five, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, number four, Rhyme of the Ancient Manorina. Great song, but you know, a long, long music intro, uh, interlude. Uh, but it's a great, great song. Uh, the Trooper, Ace is High, and Hallowed Be Thy Name. That's why he listens to the show. And I know why Ryan the Ancient Mariner is a very special song to me. Why is that? Back in you the read day, the book? Back in the day when bachelor parties were a really big thing, uh, my best friend... Uh, Are they not big things anymore? Well, we're you know we're old and we don't go to them anymore, so I don't really know. Okay. If anybody's our age and getting married, they're fucking... No, so, I, thought, I thought you were going in the direction like they guys don't do bachelor parties anymore <clears throat> i i don't think they do they do like fucking pottery and go to uh, microbreweries and drink kombucha and shit like fucking adam there's no a adam are you there <coughs> uh yep i'm here adam do you go to bachelor parties or do you go to microbreweries oh go to bachelor parties <laughs> <laughs> now a bachelor party isn't going to be like going like to like a, a perkins or anything is it no no you're, you're gonna do like cool shit right yeah, yeah, bars, strip clubs. Right. Okay. Where does Music. cocaine fit into this, Adam? What was that? Where does cocaine fit into this? 
I don't even know anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> He's like, shit, blew my spot up. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let me finish Dave's. Oh, no, uh, hold on. Let me, let me, I'm getting to my fucking point. Oh, okay. oh I'm sorry. Good story. So my buddy gets married, and we always used to go to Hop 22, which is a, a full nude strip club on Route 22 in Union, New Jersey. It was one of those juice bars. So you got to bring your own booze in, whatever. So they used to do a thing called the treatment. When the treatment was when the bachelor uh, was there for the bachelor party, they bring them on stage and they pick three songs. And then they take the guy's belt off him. They whip his ass. They put I know where you're going with this. And my buddy picked Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner <laughs> as one of the fucking songs. Yeah. 14 so it minute last, song. So it would last long. And he did a change of seasons by Dream Theater too, which is like <laughs> 22 minutes long. And the girls are like, they're like, this is only one song. And we're like, no, you got you got one way to go. You know. <laughs> and then by the end, we only in, made in the, Divi- in, in the God of Davina. No, um, another weird one though. But yeah. That's my history with that song. That's, that's, that's actually a very smart uh, move there. All okay. right. So so he writes, uh, continuing Dave's list and his his text. I, th- I thought it was interesting what he writes. He goes, by the way, the fact that I cannot even fit Run to the Hills or Power Slave into my top five just echoes your sentiment of how insane it is that they are not in the Rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But at least they got uh, Johnny Jackson and Missy Elliott in. That's <laughs> funny. It is it is a little weird, I'm not gonna lie, but it is. Um Nikki Salvatore, who is a he's a big listener of this show, huge uh music guy. I was gonna say metal, but music guy. Uh his top five, The Prisoner, great song, Revelations, Number of the Beast, Purgatory, and Killers. It's nice to see some representation by uh, Paul Diano because that I, I gotta say, those first two albums are really good killers is a is a really good song off the second album um anton's uh sir from south carolina writes just five and he writes this in capitals nearly impossible but i attempted to select my favorites in a spectrum of their entire library um he is a very underrated song 22 acacia avenue yeah it's a weird it's a good song it's a great song Great song about a, uh, a prostitute. Um, Fear of the Dark, Somewhere in Time, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and Killers. And J- do you know James Alexander? I do not. He's a black comic. He was in my... Um... Why is he going to be a black comic for? He's just regular. Because he, he's, he's not white. Um, and he was in my fantasy uh, football league, in the comics league. And oh, he so he's gay, gay. And, too. And he went, he's not gay. He's, he's actually a really... He's a funny guy and a really good guy. I want to show. I've talked to him. I, I should bring him on. Um, I'm surprised he chimed in here on this. That's why I kind of brought it up. Uh, Deja Vu. Um, yeah, that one that made my top 20. Stranger in a Strange Land. That's a good one. Alexander the Great. Great, great song. Uh, Wasted Years and Flight of Icarus. Um, you know, I mean, you're being a little twatty in, uh, on this episode, just so you know. You're being a little like fucking snooty and superior. You, you know that, right? You're actually the guy that the guy who works in the music store. Like when you walk in, and you go, "Hey, <laughs> hey, do you have the new uh, Pearl Jam record?" And they're like, uh, you know, "They're so peaked in '95, but sure, whatever." I guess you never heard of the Pixies, anyway. Like one of the people. That's what right, you, first you of all, kind of sound like that a little bit tonight. I will. I I would never say anything about the pixies i mean <laughs> uh fucking pixies stop with that shit i let me tell you something I've, I've had it with frank black and the fucking pixies this is this is adam music the adam you like the pixies 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen them a bunch to, of times. <laughs> to, I can't fucking take the band. I re- I you know There's some I'm, bands I'm not, like that with too. I can't. I, but think I'm not even going to be tolerant of them anymore. You don't I, have I, to be. You don't en- have to be. enough. All right. Um, so I, I also posted this on um, uh, in, a, in a group, on a Facebook group. And I, I got right now 56 responses. I'm not going to read all 56, but I think Jesus some of the. Christ, but, I'm tired. Yeah, but I think um, we'll pick a few. Okay. I think because yeah. people pick some interesting uh, songs on, on the, this list. Um, like. Yeah, like this guy here, James uh, Oliver. Um, his number one song was Dance of Death. That's kind of like a weird one to uh, pick. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, Ron Van Harten. He, this is, he has some good songs on here. Like Where Eagles Dare is a, is a great song. I prefer the Misfits uh, song When Eagles Dare, but continue. Okay. Uh, the Clairvoyant, which is a, a... Oh, that's a good one. That's a, that's a real good one. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, pick. Um... Abjorn Vested Eck picked uh, Children of the Damned, which is a really, really good song. That's on his list. Um, man, he has Empire of the Clouds on here. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, a couple of others. Michael Lovalier picked The Prowler, Fla- uh, Flash of the Blade. I mean, there's a lot of interesting, like, deep, deep cuts that people uh picked uh but we got so many uh on it but i think some of the big songs seem to be wasted years uh, it's the best goddamn maiden song and even though it's not my favorite band and i don't like you know twiddle fucking nuts to this goddamn shit I, it's their best song i don't understand uh half the words you said in that sense um whatever you no. want to hear my joke? You don't understand. Why? Have you started now? You're starting now with the jokes? Yeah. Miguel Berrios uh, picked Only the Good Die Young. Isn't that Billy Joel or something? Um... God. No, no. no we're now like about 40 minutes into this uh, episode. No one brought up Running Free. I did before. And you said, no, it's not another album. Actually, it's not the first book you had about. You geeked out on me on that one. I mentioned Running Free before. Yeah, no, not not in my top uh, 20. Um, Fucking snow. <laughs> uh, here's one. Uh, book of Souls. Derek Radin had on his list Book of Souls. Souls and No Prayer for the Dying. Um, book of Souls is kind of interesting. Because on that tour, and I think this is a tour that you saw, Sean. Because yeah. I think you have brought it no, up. I think the Benjamin, uh, the Benjamin Button tour. I went on. But I thought you went on a tour where they didn't do "Hollow Be Thy Name." It, it, the Benjamin Button tour. They did the whole album front to back, and then they did like two minutes to midnight and run to the hills, and that was it. Yeah, because the thing is, they always played "Hollow Be Thy Name," but because of a stupid lawsuit. They were like, you know, well, until this gets resolved, we're not going to play uh, "Hollow Be Thy Name," and it was on the Book of Souls tour. Um, yeah. which is not even, and, and it's not even such a, you know, it's not even my top, let's see, I, I put down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I put down eight of their best albums, and it didn't make my top eight on here. Um, yeah. Yeah, so people, you know, you have a lot of Flight of Icarus. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, 
other songs that we probably could have uh, talked about. Um, I, I thought there'd be more love for um, murderers in the room, Mog. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought the the Wicker Man would get a little bit more, but I think we basically we covered uh, all these great songs. Yeah, this is a band that absolutely needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That they're not in is an absolute joke. It's a travesty. You know, use all the adjectives in the world that you want, but can't argue with that, buddy. You know, um, I don't, I don't get it. But and like Dave Nidal said, hey, at least uh, Janet Jackson and Missy Elliott are in, and who knows? Hey, maybe this year the Rock and Roll, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will be lucky enough to have uh, Mariah Carey because you know how rock and roll she is. Listen, you want to end this podcast? We could talk about it off the air. We don't have to address these on on air when people can see our dirty laundry. If you have a problem with me and my queen, then we'll talk about this after the show. But don't bring it up again. I I like Mariah Carey. I I don't don't get me wrong, but for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yep. first ballot, one hundred percent, she's going in. She's not going in. One hundred percent, she's going in. First, who's go Who's going in over her? Is it gonna is it? You got to pick one of these two artists. Cher, Mariah Carey. Who's going in? Mariah Carey. Over Cher. As a solo artist, yeah, I'm going Mariah Carey 100%. I think just, just the hit numbers alone. You know, I, I, I understand the history with Cher, but yeah, I, if I had to pick one of the two, I go Mariah every day. Mm. You think Farner's going to get in? I don't think Farner has a fucking rat's ass chance of getting in. I Even though I think they're probably the most deserving... Still, I don't think they get in. Yeah, even though they're the, they're the most deserving talent on that list. There's too much, way too much talent on that list. I think Sade goes in before Foreigner goes in. Somebody made an argument. I don't know if it was you or somebody I was talking to. They were saying that um, Sinead O'Connor will get. I think Adam said this on the on the show last week uh, that he believed that Sinead O'Connor would get in because of the death ticket. Uh, yep. Yeah, but I think if she didn't kill herself, I think maybe it would have been, uh, I think that would have been the case. If she had something like natural, then I think it has more of a chance, but I don't know about that. So you think- I still think, I still think that controversy back in the 90s with the, with the, with the Pope and the SNL thing, I think that really killed her for a lot of people. Well, it, it killed her in, in, in the mainstream, it did. Oh, Sure. You know, she was banned from Saturday Night Live, but you know, Saturday Night Live, you know, is, is what it is. Anyway, By the way, did you watch Saturday Night Live last night with Shane Gillis as the host? No, uh, we had a show last night at uh, Laughing Stock. We had Joselito the puppet, and yes. once once again, we had when you came up, uh, we had just as many uh, people in the room last night. Fantastic, which, which was great, and uh, so and after the, afterwards, uh, it's it's a mostly Hispanic. You know, big Puerto Rican following, and let me tell you something, man. They supported that guy like, yeah. like, like no act I've seen up there. I mean, there was a line afterwards for the meet and greet, and and to just to hang out and take pictures, and everyone hung out afterwards. It was so much fun, and so I didn't get a chance. I didn't get home until late. Puerto Ricans are a good time, man. Let me tell you, they know how to party and they know how to celebrate death. Because when one of them dies, they all buy fucking matching T-shirts with the person's picture on the front. You see, when you die, I'm me and Adam are going to wear Sean Morton t-shirts. I have a new one coming out, by the way. I, well, it's going to be hard to top that other one. It's it's better. It's That's better. a good one. It's better. I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, it's a picture of me holding a a ketchup bottle in one hand and a mustard bottle in the other hand, 
And I'm just going like making a crazy face because I'm a crazy guy. See, yeah. that's see, that's the thing that people don't understand. Hey, yeah, I got mustard in one hand, ketchup in the other hand. Where do I go? What 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 do I pick? I don't know. I don't know. What if I have a hot dog? Oh, I'm gonna always go mustard, but still. Oh, I figured you'd be a, a ketchup hot dog. Absolutely guy. not. What am I seven? No. No, but you are a little different. No, I, I will listen. You you may put ketchup on a burger and fries. Mustard yeah. mustard goes on a hot dog. Everyone knows that. And you got you know not even you don't even go Goulden's mustard. You know you gotta go special. You gotta buy the Sabret hot mustard. A hundred percent. Very good call. In fact, I have yeah. that. I have yeah. I have that. We just took our relationship to a new level today. That's that's right. And what's the one thing that that if I came over your house, say hey, you're having a barbecue, and you say hey Jeff, I'm running low on mustard, and I pick it up, and I come by with hunts or or heinz yellow yeah you might get smacked in the face that's right get out get, get out out of here yeah that's disgusting it's poor people shit Ex exactly yeah that's ghetto shit that's like putting a that's like putting a hot dog on wonder bread if if my wife came home with that i i would it would probably be one step towards divorce or if or if you bring in the ketchup that isn't heinz can't do any right. of the other side well uh, hunts I could see anything less. All right, like that's like that's like if you if you run out and like in like ShopRite's closed and you got to go to the bodega or you got to go to like the gas station and go down the food aisle in the gas station and they may have the hunts where it's two dollars at for the ShopRite and it's like nine dollars at the gas station. I don't know if I'm doing uh, ShopRite. This has happened to me before. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing Shoprite. Uh, anything condiments. It's. It, I'll. I'll pay extra. I'll. Uh, if it's nine dollars, I'll pay nine dollars. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's. It, it just ruins the whole experience for me. Much like doing podcasts does. It does. I think on that note, um, this was fun though. This. This was good, man. This was a long-awaited episode, and I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. Yep, absolutely. I I'm need gonna to... pick a top five. You you pick all the freaking top fives. I'm gonna pick a top five band, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna do that in a few weeks. Hey, you're the one that picked Metallica. You picked Nirvana. It was like a year ago. This is Nirvana a couple weeks ago. What are you talking about? It wasn't a couple weeks. So you know, since the time. Adam, how long ago did we do Nirvana? <clears throat> it was like a month ago, or yeah, exactly. Wow. Smoking too much pot. Yeah, how stoned are you? Oh, I'm pretty stoned. I've been stoned. Since <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Come why I was glad this is a Jeff episode. Normally, I got to carry this shit, but when it came to me, yeah, normally oh, autopilot. There you go. <laughs> go ahead, Jeffrey. This is all you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Once yeah, again, subscribe, follow us, keep uh, posting. I, I love getting the text, but po post. Uh, and we will catch you next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Adam. Later, guys. All right. So long, everyone.